At Journey Beyond Divorce, we understand that navigating through the emotional tsunami of separation and divorce is one of the hardest journeys you'll take. And we know that once the initial fear and pain begins to pass, a whole new storm of confusion, uncertainty, and self-doubt can surface. Journey Beyond Divorce can help you identify and clarify where you're feeling stuck and what steps you need to move forward, even if they're just baby steps. We guide you with practical, tangible support that you can start implementing right away. Our team of experienced divorce coaches is ready to help you. Listen through the show because we have a gift just for you. It'll help you navigate your divorce with more calm and confidence. You're listening to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast with Karen McMahon. We invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience. Heal your heart while refining your character and enable you to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I really found my strength within those those group meetings that we had and hearing from other women and men and seeing what they've gone through and finding their strength to be really inspiring and powerful and empowering. Um, it really, the articles, I remember so clearly the articles that we read and that having such an impact on me. And I just found that it really gave me the, the power and the strength that I needed to move forward. Welcome to Voices of Celebration. This series is designed to inspire and encourage you as we share real-life experiences of former Journey Beyond Divorce clients who invested in their personal growth through divorce and emerged a better version of themselves with a more rewarding post-divorce life. Hello, everyone. We're back with another episode of Voices of Celebration. And with me today is one of my favorite former clients and dear friend, Rachel Richards. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Karen. Thanks for having me. I am so excited that you've joined us. Rachel's story is one of going from the, the, the devastation of divorce to finding her soulmate and a life that she's truly loving. And so this, this is going to be a really great episode where uh, where you hear about the, the the early dark days and then what what transpired through her divorce and afterwards. And so, Rachel, let's just jump right in. Can you share with our audience um, what led to uh, the dissolution of your marriage? Well, I think that there were things that I didn't even know that led that were leading to getting a divorce. Uh, I really didn't see it coming. It was very much a surprise. Um, my ex-husband at the time, I guess where things started to really change was that he had this bariatric procedure and lost a significant amount of weight. And he continued to change himself, his body, his mind, his priorities. And I feel like, you know, 
I got to a certain point and we had found out that the divorce rate was actually really high for bariatric patients. Oh, wow. Me at the time. Um, so, you know, I think that he, I think it was really him. I mean, not, I, I was in no denial because I was all about like, let's try, let's try, let's, let's communicate, let's do whatever we can to work it out, you know, whatever your problem is, but he would just was not a very communicative person. He was not a verbal person. He was not an expressive person. So, you know, I was in a place where there was nothing that I could say or do that was going to change him or turn him into this expressive person. So did your husband choose to leave the marriage? My ex-husband, yes, chose to leave the marriage. Yes. And um, how long were you guys married? Uh, We were married for about four years together for a total of eight. Wow. And I remember you saying that you were very supportive. You were very on board. You were encouraging him. You were excited about the changes. And then all of a sudden, what happened? He He just decided he wasn't, it wasn't a good fit anymore. Yeah. I mean, I was so supportive to the fact that I knew that it was going to extend his life. Like he was going to be healthier and better and we would be able to do so much more. Um, You know, I just, I was at a loss when he said, you know, he he kind of broke down. I, I remember there was probably maybe a couple of weeks where he really became very distant and he would leave before I woke up and he would go riding his bike and he would come home and we just, he was just became even more quiet than he normally was. And I felt it. I felt it. I'm an instinctual person. So I knew that there was something going on, um, but he wouldn't talk to me. And there was, there was just nothing that I could do to pull it out of him. And then he just said, you know, that I, I, I'm not in love with you anymore. You know, and that was, that was the, you know, that was the dagger. And I think uh, you found me fairly quickly after that. Is that correct? I, I did. I, I knew that I was going to need some guidance. I knew that I was going to need support in a way that was professional, um, just to help guide me. I mean, this was just something I never saw coming and I never thought I'd be involved in. So I searched for group therapy, like group counseling, non-traditional, and I found you on Meetup. And that wasn't even an app I was on. And uh, we had that consultation call. I remember I was sitting in my car crying, shaking. And it was, it was very soon after we split and he left the house. And I just knew that I, I needed to reach out. And I found you. You were the only person. You were exactly what I needed. It was your light and energy that really um, gave me faith that I was going to be okay. Even just from that initial conversation that we had, um, you were very welcoming which, you know, it was just something that I was in search of and I found luckily so quickly. Yeah. So, th- so much was happening and it sounds like you felt 
emotionally sideswiped by an 18-wheeler. The way you worked through coaching wasn't so much one-on-one, was it? Correct. Correct. I had groups at that time. Yes. And that's really what I was looking for because I felt that, you know, getting together with other people, men and women, who had experienced the divorce in some respect, either many years ago or currently, um, to kind of just be able to talk with other people and see different perspectives through a different lens um, was helpful to me in the sense of like, you know, it was, it was therapeutic. It was helpful to hear others. It was helpful. It enabled me to really dig deep. It allowed me to give my perspective, my feelings, my thoughts, either just to to offer some advice because I was able to give selflessly. And I guess the kind of person I am, I want, I'm a giver and I'm a pleaser. So it, I found it very satisfying to me to be able to be there to help somebody else. At the same time, it was gratifying to me because I was getting something from it. What would you say were some of the uh, greatest struggles that you faced once the reality of the divorce set in? Um, I, I mean, we went through mediation in the beginning and I couldn't even speak. I had to have a friend come with me because I couldn't even speak. I just didn't even, I couldn't find my voice. And that, the fact that I couldn't express myself on any level at that point, other than just crying, um, was really challenging for me because I'm a very expressive person. I'm very clear in my feelings, my intent, my thought processes. Um, you know, I, I feared so much. I packed up my entire house by myself. I did everything. And what were you afraid of? Do you remember what some of your fears were? Because I think that that's the people, our audience listening in. Fear is one of the greatest things, and it's helpful to hear. Um, what were some of the fears? I feared being alone. Yeah. I feared not being able to have financial stability in my life because he provided a lot of that for me. Um, I feared, I don't know. I just, I felt like my life was just cracking and I didn't know how I was going to find my way. Just, I mean, I just remember it being so shocking that I was just kind of going through the motions and I had people helping me find a, an apartment and, you know, things that I never thought I'd have to do again because I was married and I, you know, had this beautiful wedding and I was married to what I thought was a really great guy. And I just, I think the biggest struggle was the shock of trying to turn my life around that I was going to have to overcome and turn my life around and pull it together and put on my big girl pants and find the power and find the strength and find the energy to just do it and find it within. And I, nobody else could control that but me. 
And if I remember correctly, your divorce actually unfolded rather rapidly. So when we talk to clients about grieving, sometimes that longer period of time is beneficial because you can get out of that denial and that devastation and begin to move through the grieving process a little bit more. You, if I remember correctly, you were you were going through the legal process at the same time where you were just trying to keep your head above water emotionally. Right. I mean, it was, it had to happen quickly. And, you know, he was, we had owned a house. We didn't have, we didn't have any kids. Um, so we, we had the pressure of having to sell the house and what that looked mm-hmm. like financially for as long as I was going to stay there or leave. And I wanted to get out because being there just didn't make sense to me. Like it just didn't feel right to me. And I didn't feel safe all of a sudden because I was alone in this big house and safety was at the time really everything to me. And he made me feel really safe. And that's one of the things that I fell for him, you know, for. Um, So yeah, so I was going through the lawyers and, like I'm having conversations and I'm asking questions that I'm like, what am I even talking about? Um, that just never crossed my mind that I would ever have to deal with. What impact did the coaching group have on your journey? Oh, so much. I mean, so much. I feel like, and I know I've said this to you over the years, uh, that I'm so thankful to you because I really found my strength within those those group meetings that we had and hearing from other women and men and seeing what they've gone through and finding their strength to be really inspiring and powerful and empowering. Um, it really, the articles, I remember so clearly the articles that we read and that having such an impact on me. And I just found that it really gave me the the power and the strength that I needed to move forward, you know, to define goals for me. And it gave me these great tools to practice. And I so remember specifically how you always said, you know, not you have to do this, but I get to do this you know, and you always said to me, you know, look, Rachel, you have an army of people behind you and you have all this beautiful support. So, you know, it helped me lean on them more than I normally would have. Um, And I mean, that army of support lifted me up, carried me through every single day of the pain and the pain got easier. I mean, there was crying that I never thought that I could cry even more and more and more. And that pain and that sadness of just the loss in general. And, And I think the group really made me realize that it wasn't so much the loss of him per se. It really was the loss of the companionship and the partnership. Um, but it gave me the strength to, to really believe that, I could control everything, my future. I had the power. I had the power. It was all within. And I love that you just said that. I think so often, and I know that you weren't the one that decided to leave, but many of the people listening um, 
did decide to leave. And that distinction between do you miss your spouse or do you miss being in partnership, in companionship, and mm-hmm. all that comes with that, all that fills up your your day, your week, and, and that that big gap at first when that person is gone and all the interaction with that person is gone is such a void. Calming the chaos of divorce begins with quieting your mind and getting clear on what you want and how to get it. That's why we created the Divorce Survival Kit. It's an easy to digest guide with five essential tips that help transform your suffering into valuable insights and your confusion into effective action. So go to DivorceRecoveryLifeline.com and grab your Divorce Survival Kit today. There was a really <laughs> a long amount of time that I could not be alone and I couldn't sit home. So I was running around shopping, being with friends. I mean, I felt like my friends were a little bit of, you know, babysitting me. They made sure I was okay. They wanted to take, took me to dinner. They wanted to make sure that I wasn't alone because I was just afraid to be alone with myself and my feelings and my thoughts. And it took a long time. And I was somebody who always really was fine being alone. I was never somebody who needed that kind of thing. Um, and now like, you know, I love being alone. I love having alone time. Uh, but I also very much love being a partner to somebody who values me, trusts me, respects me, you know, values me. Did I say that again? Uh, you know, and it's, it's really just a very different world. Yeah. Cause I, I really was alone in that marriage. Well, and that's, time. that's what I wanted to. So one of the things that I recall, and I know this was so many years ago, but I recall that there was so many, um, there was such financial security and so many material things and vacations and dinners. And yet when we began to peel back the onion, there was something really, really important missing that you just being the positive person you were, it was like, okay, well, I might not have that. And what was that thing? And and what did you learn about yourself and that through the process? Well, I think that I really learned that you can't force somebody to be on your level of communication and you can't dictate how they emote either they do or they don't. And, uh, who I was married to was somebody who I knew from the beginning was not an emotional expressive person. And to say that maybe he wasn't emotionally available. Okay. He wasn't emotionally available to me. Um, for whatever reason, he was just this strong type of guy that just wasn't expressive. Um, I think that I learned that I can't be with somebody like that because that's not who I am. And I need that validation and I need that. I need there to be somebody in my life who, who can communicate and who can express and is comfortable in his own skin doing that. 
Right, because for all that you had, the vacancy that you were able to describe once the initial devastation passed was that there was something missing for you too. So whatever he felt was missing, there was this this thing that was very central to your core values that was missing. And so, so many people, go ahead. No, the surface stuff just didn't even matter because it was so empty. You know, and it was, and I knew that it was such surface stuff. I was like going along for the ride, but I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't satisfied. I always wanted, I always wished he would just tell me this or act like this or be like this or make me feel like this, you know, and those things just never happened on the level that of what I know now. And it's very hard to see in that light, in that path that I was on, that it could ever be like the path of where I am now that led me to where I am now and how my life is now. And with my partner that I'm with now, it really is quite the opposite. And and before we get to that, because I want to get to that, one of the things I want to say, you know, to the listeners is I, I I clearly work with a lot of different people. And one of the things about you, Rachel, was even in the hardest times, you just, you, your gorgeous energy shine through. And I'm curious because we're doing a lot of groups now and we're really encouraging people, especially who can't afford the one-on-one private coaching, the value of that group. And I remember you, even in some of your most broken moments, being able to hear and support and encourage the other people in the group. And I'm wondering if you remember what that did for you to be able to be that person. You know, it's hard to pinpoint exactly. I feel like it's it really is who I am fundamentally as a person. I, I am built to be positive. I'm built to be happy. Um, so eventually that was going to get there. Being in the group and being with other people that were sad, it made me want to help them. It made me want to, you know, hug them, you know, and tell them that it's going to be okay when my I myself was going through such a devastating experience, but it's, uh, it built me up. It helped me help them. You know, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a line from the Jerry Maguire, help me help you. Uh, but it's, it's true. You know, helping others is just something that I'm all, I'm really all about. So it, it really was the right format for me um, to be able to, you know, be in a trusting space, being, be in a confidential space and feel like I was being supported too, because I I really felt that it wasn't just about me giving, I was getting it back. And there are times where other people in the group are sharing. And um, I remember so often people saying, I couldn't see it in myself, but when I heard her or him talking about it, all of a sudden it like landed, it, it got clear. Right. I, I caught the concept that that I couldn't quite get because of my own story. And so mm-hmm. that's one of the beautiful powers of that group coaching too. Right. It, it helps like a light go on that, you know, you thought maybe it was burned out, but it just needed to be screwed in a little bit. Right. 
<laughs> it really, uh, it was enlightening. It was enlightening. It was empowering. And I, I really felt for me, that was the right uh, place to be. And it helped me beyond I, what I thought I needed. It, it really did. It made me, it, I walked out of there every day, feel, every time that we had those groups, I felt stronger. And I remember coming to those groups and fearing like, oh, I'm going to be sad again. But every time I left, I was stronger. And that is the beauty of coming together and supporting each other. And as much as our loved ones support us, when you're with people who are going through the same struggle, it has mm -hmm. quite a powerful feel to it. Yeah. And, you know, difficult situations really are opportunities to be our best selves and to rise to the occasion. And like I said, to to really dig deep and find within what is going to drive you to be your best person. And so as with so many other people, you're saying one of your two of your great fears were being alone and not being able to financially support yourself. And I would have to say those are probably the two most universal fears that people have. And so a question I love to ask on this uh, program is, um, did your worst fears come true? And if not, what happened? No, I worked it out. I worked it out. I got an excellent apartment that made me feel fabulous. I bought myself furniture that I wanted. I made that apartment all Rachel. I cooked, I baked, I, I met one of my best friends who lived in that building who also went through a divorce. And she became like my roommate who lived downstairs. And her and I bonded like I've known her for 30 years. Wow. And I feel so grateful that that's where I ended up because, because of her, I made a whole new group of people who have been like family to me and welcomed me with open arms, loving arms, supportive arms. And so, so that I, I made it happen. You know, there was, there was a long time, a long time ago, I wrote myself a note, stuck it on the fridge and I said, make it happen because really I'm the only one that can make it happen. I can't rely on anybody else. And I found, I found it. I found the apartment, found a new job at the end of the day, which, you know, happened a few years later, but ended up being, you know, gold, just like my husband now. And I remember you um, sharing with me after you weren't working anymore, we were keeping in touch, you weren't in the group anymore. And um, I remember some uh, funny and interesting, you had such a great sense of humor about <laughs> dating. Like you uh -huh. had the best sense of humor about dating and you dated a lot, I think, right? So I did, can you I share did. a little bit about that journey? And then I want you to share where you are now because I think that that's very special. I'd love to. Uh, dating, I waited a while until I really felt I was ready to get out there again. And I dated because I was uh, like everybody else in search of some kind of companionship. 
uh, I dated with the perspective of, you know what, I'm always going to have a good story to tell. It's always going to be entertaining. I'm never going to put all my, you know, eggs into one basket saying, oh my God, is this the next guy? Never went out with that thought. Um, and I, I had fun. I met some really interesting people along the way. I ended up meeting a lovely gentleman who happened to have been in town taking his son to college. And we met on this site called Happen, and it's who you cross paths with. And he happened to have been staying at a hotel near where I was living. And we met for drinks one night, and it was just the loveliest conversation. It was really sweet. Uh, he ended, He lived in Napa. He lived in Napa, California. And he said, you know what, why don't you think about maybe, we, we had one date, that was it, you know, for drinks. And he said, you know, if you're ever in Napa, let me know. And then he invited me for Halloween. His sister, uh, you know, was a manager of a vineyard in Napa. And I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to come out there. I'm going to do something very unlike me. And I'm going to have this experience. I'm going to stay in a hotel and pay for my own way. I'm going to just go and have a good time. They were having this really huge black tie uh, Halloween party. And it sounded like, it sounded like a lot of fun. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do something and push myself. And I went, I went by myself and it was really, the, the, first, let me just say that this guy was a complete gentleman. He was super lovely. We had the most amazing weekend. Uh, he was so kind. And it was just, it was very empowering that I could pick up and go do something like that for myself. Being, thinking about where I was, you know, months months, months prior to that, when I was, you know, kind of sideswiped. Um, so it was a really wonderful experience, not just being in Napa and having this great time, but really finding that I had the power really to do anything I wanted and I could be selfish and I didn't have to feel guilty and I didn't have to feel bad about my choices because I was responsible for them. Uh, so that was, that was a great time. And a month, I think it was like a month after that or two months after that, I met my, my now husband and, you know, we met online and it, it has just been an extraordinary trip with my husband because he is really the golden nugget that I never would have imagined. Uh, would step into my life. Mm. You know, after everybody telling you, you know, it's going to come and this is how you're going to feel. And, you know, friends have had told me that through my dating. And when I met him, I was, I was like, oh my God, there is, there is this beauty right. in another, in a partner who can express himself and communicate and be emotive and, can just be everything, everything that I need internally for me to feel fulfilled in my life. And there's not, there's not, there's not one thing. There's not one moment in my life where I say, I wish he would do this, or I wish he would make me feel like this. 
because I'm completely satisfied across the board. He is just the the partner of my dreams. And so I want to ask you something because I, I love your story and the two of you are just like adorable and so lovely. And my question that's that that's helpful. <laughs> you were going a little incognito there. Sorry, I turned the um, light on. <laughs> so my question to you is. A lot of times uh, people are afraid that they're going to meet the same person in a different body. Like they, they have that fear. And, and what I always say is if you do the kind of personal work that we invite and encourage you to do in Journey Beyond Divorce, you're going to get so clear on who you are and what you want and, and heal your wounds and refine your shortcomings that when you're ready to meet your person, you're actually a better version of yourself. Would you say that that, what, what role would you say the, the growth through the divorce struggle played in you meeting your perfect guy? Um, I think it helped me really have, I don't know, it really helped me with having an open, more open mind. Um, it's a hard question to answer. I feel like hmm, it, it just, it helped me have a different perspective on what the priorities really are. You know, I really, I, I mean, I always knew like love and communication and I knew all the things that I fundamentally needed to be fulfilled in my life. Um, and, you know, now, especially being through going through COVID and working remotely and we're home a lot together um, to, to have the communication and the respect and the understanding and is, is really everything. I mean, I, I think it's, it's really just the most important thing is to have this communication always, you know, you can't, you can't hide anything. You can't hide any feelings. You, you have to talk about everything. And, you and when I hear about, I hear about other people who have problems, you know, with their relationships and their marriages and, and, you know, the first thing, the first several things I say are, you know, you have to talk to each other. You have to get it all out. And if you can't get it all out to each other, go try to see a couple's counselor because that, you know, could help you suss things out from somebody who's kind of on the outside. Um, but, you know, trust and communication and you, you're with somebody who you love, you want to take care of, you want to, you know, they're, they're your partner. So why wouldn't you want to try? You know? And it takes two. And finding someone who's equally willing to try is really the, the key piece there. Definitely. So as we wrap up, um, many of the people listening, Rachel, are in the very early stages, just entering that long, dark, seemingly dismal um, tunnel of divorce. Any tips, any advice before we wrap up that you'd give them? I would say that, you know, the hardest step you'll have to take is really trusting who you are and knowing your worth and knowing your value and trusting your army of support. 
I think if you can find a way to trust yourself and your instincts, then you're ahead of the game. Um, you know, you feel in the beginning that your life is really turned upside down, but you have the power to get back on track. You just have to have patience with yourself and patience with the path, you know, and patience that you're going to kiss some frogs along the way. And, you know, then all of a sudden you're just going to become super grateful and you're going to be like, oh my God, the word grateful is an understatement because you can't even believe that your life is where it's at from where you were, but you have the power. You can make it happen. I believe it. Just know your worth. Yeah, that's don't great. Settle. Yeah, because that whole self-love, like know your worth piece is so vital. Yeah. It's well, really important. I read something that I would love to share. Oh, do. Um, so I have it. I don't, can I curse? <laughs> you can. I won't curse. Okay. <laughs> you are worth your imperfections. You are worth your bad days. You are worth your good. You are worth your confusion. You are worth your insecurities. You are worth fighting for, and you are worth loving. And that's an effing fact. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> And on that note, thank you so much for sharing your story. I am so uh, over the moon to know how well you're doing and what a beautiful relationship you, and marriage you ended up in. And I really appreciate you coming on and sharing with our listeners. I think it's going to encourage a lot of people. I hope so. Thanks, Karen. It really, it helps me to help you and pay it back because you really, your guidance and your love and your welcome and your open arms really were everything to me when I, I really was in such need and you were exactly what I was looking for. Well, thank you. And we will be back again uh, with another former client on Voices of Celebration. So stay tuned. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.